This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Now it's time for Spiritual Learning with Priestess Lily. Welcome to my radio show, Priestess Lily, Sacred Heart Healer, Space Holder and Spiritual Life Coach. Welcome. Hi, I'm Priestess Lily. This radio show podcast I have created to help assist humanity rise the consciousness through connection and holding space for thought-activating conversations with heart-centered leaders wisdom keepers and divine humans expanding into their authenticity and soul purpose. Which brings me to interview this divine human today, Gina Haynes. Gina is an award-winning educator and author, artist, writer, interviewer, inspirer, igniter, and inquiry of lover of living your best life as my best self. Gina loves living life to the fullest, and you'll see this in today's interview, enjoying time with her family, friends, her dog, and laughing. For 15 years, she was a university lecturer, teaching the teachers of the future. Gina loves all aspects of her job, but I but she could no longer ignore the niggling feeling to build a dream that she had. She wanted to create a platform to help people find their authenticity, joy and happiness in their work and live on a global scale. So she resigned from her academic career to trace her dreams and walk the talk. Gina believes a big key to joy and happiness is authenticity. When you can be true to who you are, do work that works for you and love living your life, happiness is yours for the taking. Hello, Gina. How are you, love? I'm, I'm absolutely fantastic, Lily. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm actually really excited about interviewing you. Um, I've spent probably about three months nourishing myself within your beautiful book. And, um, you know, today we're going to talk about a topic that I think we as human beings now are all searching for, which is the art of authenticity. (laughs) Yep. So where do we start? Because it's such a deep, evolving, expanding topic, really. Yeah, well, where do we start? Um, I guess in a nutshell. Yeah, go. I think we start. What? You go. Are you want me to go? Are you going to answer that? Okay, well, I was going to say that I think we start with awareness. And I really do. Like, if we're not 
aware that we we want anything to change, nothing will change. So that's what I really believe is self-awareness is key. And I think you will have come across those five steps to authentic self-being or whatever. They, aren't they, they rock. They really rock. And I try them out all the time. So you've got self-awareness. That's your starting point. And then you've got self-knowledge. So as soon as you become aware, then you go out and you grow that awareness by collecting some knowledge. And in that, you will have discovered, I'm sure, if you went through the steps of the book or whatever, you looked at your values and you considered then how they applied to your life and you started to grow your self-knowledge. And then you had number three was choice and action, which was make a, you know, make a decision. And do you want to keep doing what you've been doing? Or if you want something to change, you've got to take action. And with that, once you've done the action, you've got to accept where you're at and whatever comes with it, and then you move towards love. And it's it's all evolving. It's always evolving. And so the art of authenticity, if I think about it, is that whole, the three things, be, be true to who you are, but you can't do that unless you know who you are, and then do work that works for you, whatever that is, doesn't matter, and then love yourself and love living your life as yourself right here right now so that's it are we done no we're not because that just opens <laughs> up another whole can of worms for me like I think and I I get everything that you've said because that was literally one of my questions was like tell me about the steps of you know um self-being and happiness your five steps it's really interesting because I think you know people know that they need to change something or something around them doesn't work and, you know, they, sometimes we have that awareness, but we're really scared to take that brave action or take that step to self-responsibility, self-awareness, self-expansion, self-realization. And I think that's the step that a lot of people get a little bit. Well, I know for myself, that's the step that you get, you know, that you're rethinking a hundred times and questioning yourself and things are clunky. And you know, that's the step that really takes that deep, courage totally yeah and that's the byline of the book is how to live courageously authentically and seek what your heart desires and and I I know what that feels like on on so many with so many different decisions that I've been making and um it, it does take courage and I bought this little ring a while ago which has got courage written on it and I wore it I've been I've been wearing it for for a wee while now and I'll tell you a wee story about something I did last week. And uh, that this was the most courageous thing I think I've done in about, I don't know how many years. And and, and why I did it. Um, I decided that I would go canyoning, okay? Now, I'm not one of those adventure type people. Um, I really was was struggling with trust, with trusting other people and, and letting go of that control element within. And I thought oh, I was going to go on holiday and I thought, right, what will I do? What will I have a look at? And so I just Googled what you can do in the Able Tasman and this canyoning thing came up, right? And I had a look at it and I thought, oh, ropes, abseiling, sliding and um, jumping. Hmm. Yeah, that's going to be very challenging for me. And then I thought it's all done under a safe environment and I looked at the credentials of the company, did my research and it will look like, yeah, I reckon I could do this. This is super, super challenging. If you want to put yourself out there into the courage zone, Gina, this is going to be big for you. So anyway, I paid the money. 
and it was called Source to See. And I thought, well, you know, you can pull out at any time. It's only money, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do this. So I wore my, started wearing my courage ring. And every time I got scared and was thinking about, you've never done any ropes before. You've never slid down a bloody waterfall in the middle of nowhere. This is going to be big. I kept looking at my ring and thinking, courage, courage, courage. And so then I, off I went and I did my, you know, I showed up. And I kept thinking, it's really important here that you don't just go through the motions, that you stop along the way and you celebrate every time you jump, every time you take a rope off and click it on something else and lower yourself down a cliff face, every single moment I want you to feel. Otherwise, I'll go through all these motions and I'll get to the end and go, yeah, sure. Oh, you were brave. You did it. Now what's next? And I thought, I can't do that. This is it for a while. So this is living. This is really me pushing myself to my courageous edge. Mm. Authentically, I do it from my heart. And it's not. it wasn't a heart's desire, but the heart's desire was learning to trust, gear other people, mm. and learning to let go of controlling the outcome in every way and I did it and I celebrated myself as I went down and I stopped and enjoyed the environment the pristine environment that we live in in New Zealand and all that sort of stuff but oh my gosh was I challenged and did I have to dig super super deep for courage yes and would I do it again no It was, it was a really good experience and it, it really did challenge me. So it was a decision I made about making a change and taking some action. And I, I needed something big enough to push me right beyond where, but safe enough, because I'm like I said, I'm not that adventurous person. So I had to do it within the parameters of, of a guide, you know, in a group and feel like, They've done it thousands of times. And if other people can do this, I can too. So, but that was super challenging. But yes, I still had to show up and go through the motions and take those steps. So what you said before about having the courage to actually go through stuff like that, it's so big. Mm. And I think when you were just speaking, you know, I think we get so caught up on the end result, the end goal. Like if I just get to here to here, and it's done and I can tick a box like that's literally how majority like that's how I functioned for quite a while I've now learned along the way to stop and to stop in the pause moments to celebrate and stop and just pause and go wow yeah you know when I think about when I first came out doing readings for me you know I had so much trauma around my teenage childhood years being a medium, knowing stuff and being a medium then, but not knowing what it was, having a label. Not that I feel, um, not, I know you know what I mean. And, you know, when I remember when I first decided I was going to come out and start to use my gift, my first reading or my first sitting with a client was probably one of my most courageous things I'd ever do, done because for so long I thought I, there was something wrong with me. You know, all my 20s and teens, yeah. I, I didn't fit in. And so to actually yeah. own my gift and even like now, you know, um, 
I kind of go, holy shit, Lily, you booked out six months in advance. Like, what's that about? But, you know, I had to take that first moment, that first booking. And I remember sitting in my room going, oh, shit, Lily, what happens if no one shows up? Like, what happens if I just sit there and I'm like, would you like a cup of tea? And so I totally get that exactly everything that you're saying on such a deep level. If we really want to change or own parts of ourselves to be more authentically aligned, we do need to take courage. Yeah, it is. It's a, and encourage. It's something that um, it, it is. It is a, a deep dig. Mm. You know, it really is. A, you got to dig deep, and you you got to trust yourself. Mm. And and you got to trust. Well, it's more than just yourself too. You got to trust other people. You got to trust the universe. You got to trust mm. that that it's all going to come together somewhere. I and I do trust that. Mm. And I think you know. I think that there is that. Um, bigger bigger source that we you know we were talking about that that we're all connected to on some level that um it's an interconnectedness and and a, and a universal connectedness but we we still operate individually within that mm-hmm. and like your gifts are your gifts and my gifts are my gifts and getting to that essence of who you truly are that is the that is that heart of authenticity that's what I reckon anyway Oh, totally. I think when we live aligned with our hearts, because I believe our heart is our soul gateway, when we live aligned with our heart center and our authentic self and come from a heart space, you know, as we as we have to trust, we have to surrender, we have to get vulnerable, we feel emotions. Yeah, but it's and you know, it's not easy because it's it's but it's the bigger work, bigger goal to get to actually live your purpose in this lifetime because I don't think outside of ourselves there's a purpose I think learning to love ourselves we are the purpose yeah that's beautiful mm. yeah 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 mm. I, I think that is truth yeah yeah that, that reason exactly I think that yeah it is happiness is an inside job and I know that happiness gets that kind of cliched word around the world but it's that deep inner joy and you know that that peace the peace within and and it's not always a peace which is calm it's a piece of it's a sense of um connection and whether you're feeling joy or you know I'm kind of a happy person most of the time um and but that doesn't mean I'm racing around you know la 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 either Pollyanna but um I do tend to see the positivity in life more often than I see the negativity and I would prefer that to be my focus Mm. as we move forward but in saying that um it's I guess it's an awareness thing again but what you just said that is beautiful that's just such truth and self-love is the the, it's the core it's the it's it's the big elixir really isn't it yeah and I think you know when we think about self-love I think for so long it's been sold to us as a certain way. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's an illusion, but I think it's about actually self-love is about getting to actually know your true you, your authentic you. Yeah. And yeah. so and then being that person, you know, being that person with with all your heart. You know, mm. like not what in the book I call it bonsaiing when you know Ooh. when you when you're trimming you know you trim yourself up to fit whatever 
what it, wherever you're at or um you know and you kind of you kind of you shape you shape yourself and you um I don't know whether it's just a woman thing or a mum thing but you we you almost lose sense of who you truly are and, and it's that coming home to yourself that that we we've, we've spoken about mm. um and, and you know that whole the depth of okay getting to know yourself again your true self and the one when you take off the mum or you take off the um the job or when you take off all those extra layers or your role as a husband or you know wife or whatever whatever you are and I don't limit it to just women because I think I think we all do it um and we're on that treadmill of life and then when we have something that either stops us or we decide that you know we get sick or whatever what if for whatever reason or a relationship falls over there's always a little curveball somewhere in your world and and you've got to either make decision am I going to change direction or am I going to keep going with what I'm doing? I'm going to put a bandage on it. Where's, you know, am I just going to bonsai myself up and, and trim and, and make it all okay? What is it? Where am I at? That's, I guess, come about coming home to yourself. Mm. And I think that's, you know, you mentioned so many valuable points there. God, I don't even know which one I want to take. There's like a thousand different ways we could go there. Um, why do you think women let's just talk or us as human beings tend to mold ourselves condition ourselves into what others need rather than you know our center core who we really are because that, I think that you're right. it is conditioned. i mean yeah sorry. i reckon yeah no you're right uh, well that's what i believe what you just said about conditioning is i reckon that we kind of when we're younger, this is just, and this is totally off the top of my head, I haven't written about this yet, um, but I think that there's a part of us that we get love by people pleasing. When we're little, we get love, you know, well, we get, I say love in inverted commas, because is it really love or is it just mm -hmm. an affirmation that you're behaving in a way that is controllable and you're not out of control and you're not, you know, like, I mean, nowadays we label, we have all those labels like, you know, you know you're what I, I can't even think of them but ADHD. ADHD or you know that kind of thing or um and and you know you, if you've got a condition then you're it's kind of a different kind of conditioning to the conditioning of the other kind but you know there's all those kind of um bon it's bonsaiing it's bonsaiing you know mothers often bonsai their kids by encouraging them to behave in certain ways because you know it suits them and it's it's nice when you go out if your kids have nice manners and you know all that kind of stuff we we almost train ourselves away from authenticity and self-love because we're not I don't even think as adults a lot of us aren't even sure what that looks like anyway and so it's that coming mm. home to even thinking, oh my God, I just did that to please someone else. What did I do that for? I don't even want to do that. And you see, when you become aware of, of behavior and why you do what you do and then make changes to stop it, then that's when, when things really can shift and mm. that barometer can really go in a totally different direction as well but so why do I, I that's that's kind of why I think I think we get conditioned out of it from conditioned away from ourselves from a really young age yeah and, and in the I think in the book that's one of the things that I write about is um seeing the value in other people and and shining a light on it 
um, which I think is really important. And I, I kind of coined that phrase, um, illuminator of inquiry. And it's not about, it's not about inquiry. It's about self-inquiry for me. It's about showing somebody has how um, their, their own value and how special and unique they are and then encouraging them to grow it mm. that, that's 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 my favorite thing that's just what I love to do and and whether that's with children or grown-ups doesn't matter yeah but yeah I'm a big journaler so I'm I'm a big sacred inquiry journaling if I can't I ask myself the big questions like sit down journal around why is it I feel that way? Why is this triggering me? What's that about? What, what am I being, you know, why is that not sitting comfortable? Um, because I think for me, um, for me to get to know me at a deeper level, you've got to ask yourself the big questions. You can't I ask totally the big questions of others. You ha- it's about you. It's about bringing it back to you, remembering coming back to you, exactly what we just talked about. You know, we can go, oh, no, it's all them, but actually they're playing a part in why we feel the way we feel or why we're responding or what's happening for us. And I think it's so easy for us just to put our masks on or, you know, it's, yeah. it's them yeah. and not us when really, yeah. you know, it, it's it's part of us co-creating a different relationship and a bigger expanded awareness with ourselves. That, that's so true. That's so beautiful. Yeah, that's absolutely, I believe that too. And and we do, we veneer, we have these shiny veneers and we polish them up and, and um, they then become who we think we are. And until we start to ask ourselves those really big excuse me questions we we kind of just we just stay in a in a game yeah and 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 you know I'm not judging like I think you do things when you're ready to do them and and some people may never even be interested in that and that's just fine too but for I suppose um like I know I started to ask big questions and you know what is this all about surely this isn't it you know there must be more for what there must be you know, there must be more to what I'm here to do than what I'm doing because I feel like I'm I'm on that treadmill of just you know getting up in the morning and going and doing something and and I don't want to wake up in 15 years time and go that's what I did because that's not what I believe is the source of who I am and mm. what I can bring bring and what I'm what my purpose is here and so starting to ask those questions and journaling and and just sitting with them for ages and, and, and then going, oh, getting a download or, you know, and writing that down and thinking, oh, my gosh, I never even got that before. Yeah. How could I not have seen that? You know, all that kind of stuff is so, um, it's yeah. progressive. It's progressive. But there's, there's more to us than just that psychological aspect. And that's, you know, like, um, I mean, yeah, we're, we're humans having, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. I, I totally believe that. But I, and this is something that I learned on that fabulous canyoning experience is how physical, um, like this, this house that we live in, this body, mm-hmm. how if we don't nurture it mm-hmm. and if we don't, um, you know, it, it isn't as supportive for us as, I mean, I've got these muscles in my stomach I didn't even I can't see them but I didn't even know I had them until I put that mm-hmm. scrambling and rolling and I'm thinking now oh my gosh I don't believe I am nurturing 
my physical side enough. Mm -hmm. I thought I was, but actually I think there's a whole nother layer to that as well, which will enable the spiritual body, you know, the spiritual person within me to have more longevity if I look after the physical one as well, which mm -hmm. had kind of been a, a lower priority to me, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I dance every day and I do that not for the physical element, but for the pure joy that I get from it. And so I suddenly, I started to look at things differently. And I think, I think it's just like all those things of um, coming home and then looking at the experience and then asking the questions and going, so what does this really mean for me? And how will I take what I've learned and apply it and use that as part of my journey and the process of whatever's next to whatever outcome that looks like? Mm. So I am um, funny that we're talking about our physical body for many, many years. Spirit keep telling me your body's a temple, your body's a temple, your body's a temple. And this is obviously when I was in my twenties. So, you know, I was drinking and not eating that healthy and burning myself out and everything was a mess. And it was really interesting because I actually got cervical cancer and, you know, went through that journey. And the interesting thing for me was how, for me, in that process, like I never got my period, never came back straight away. It, it would come for five minutes and then bugger off again for like three years. And, you know, I very much um, really worked hard at finding out what was wrong with my body or, yeah. or finding, finding me, finding that element of me. Now, obviously, everything's tickety-boo there. But it, for me, because spiritually, being a priestess, you know, it's the moon cycle, it's your... Um, period you know your period on the moon cycle it's it's everything it's the elements of mother earth it's the whole cycle of nature um, being a feminine human being in this world and navigating as everything cyclic as one yeah. um, it's now I get now I can get why they say your body's a temple but at the same sure. at, for so long I abused my temple you know, I abused yeah. it by what I was consuming, how I was behaving, but also um, emotionally through relationships, through love connections, through everything. Yeah. Mm. I'm glad I learned that yeah, lesson know, early on. <laughs> well, well, that's brilliant that you learned that lesson early on. I, I didn't get the memo, though, to, you know, it's only like <laughs> now that I'm living my truth that actually all is dropping in. <laughs> But if you hadn't have seeded the thoughts mm. and maybe had that experience, then maybe now you wouldn't be growing what it was that you seeded then. Yeah. Totally. And and you know, I kind of think of I kind of think of us as like little baby gardens or big gardens or whatever. And and it is seeding, it's that practice of intentions and putting attention on your intention. And that's how those seeds start. And then nurturing them or watering them or whatever, whether you do it then or whether you come back to it, it doesn't I kind of feel that we just are on this, we, we don't really muck it up. We kind of come back to, if, yeah. if we're consciously and, and even subconsciously aware that we want something different, we, I just believe that we kind of get there in the end somehow. Yeah, I totally agree with you. For me, it's about when I look at my big picture vision and I go, <gasps> and I have a freak out moment, 
an overwhelm and a freak out going, okay, yeah, too much. I go, okay, so let's just talk about that and let's hold the space for that. But let's just talk about a baby step. So what's my baby step to getting to that? So what's the little bit today that I need to do to show up to get to that? And, you know, sometimes it's simply having a conversation or sitting and journaling, but it's about making, taking brave action to get to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And sometimes too, like I don't know whether this is what what it's like for you, but I don't know what baby step to take. So I just basically say, show me. Show me what I need to do next. Guide me. Just guide me. And then somehow at the end of the day I go, I didn't even realise that I'd been guided just then, but somehow I ended up doing that and hello, thank you. That's all I can say is, well, thank you. That worked out really well. And I really don't think I had a huge part to play there. Yeah, and I always say, oh, thanks for that. I'm not, and I'm open to receive more. Like, <laughs> you know, keep that, keep that goodness happening this way. Yeah, yeah. Shall yeah. we? Yeah, I'll, I'll just, um, or it's here right now. That's my newest one. Like, I, I'd really like that, and it's arrived. It's arrived. It's, it's knocking on the door. Yeah, we, yeah. Because nice. manifesting yeah. is so. Um, surrender. I just want to talk about surrender. Yep. So. Do you have a practice, because this is not in your book, but, I, but you know, I think being authentic, this is a big part of being who we are. Surrendering. How do you surrender? I think oh. what I do, what I, what I see myself doing, is I spent a lot of time last year working on learning to let go. And I see that as a surrendering. And I, I guess what I, what I ask myself is if I'm struggling to let go is what feels, what feels right for me and my heart. Like um, what feels true, what feels like it's my truth to let go of. And um, some things I, some things, because I found that I was really holding on tight to some um, outcomes that I really wanted. And then I thought, actually, what is the point here? If you let go, then you are just, you are surrendering. You're surrendering into whatever's next because by holding on, it's tight. It's, it's, um, it feels restrictive and it doesn't feel as though it's true to you. And so for me, surrendering was about learning to let go. And my practice for that was just coming back and asking myself what feels right. Mm. And the decision that I'm making, does it feel right to fight and hold on? Or does it feel, would it feel, would it sit better with my heart and my integrity as me, Gina, um, to let go, to surrender? And if I surrender, how will that feel? You know, I mean, it's always hypothetical anyway. However, could could I be okay with myself just going, I'm, I'm willing to let go? And, mm. and I liken this to... Um, playing a game of tug and tug of war right mm. you know holding a rope and 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 you've got a team you're holding on and the other person's holding on and then for me letting go and this was my this was my big lesson last year was if I let go there is no game anymore there is no there is no tug of war I've let go I've surrendered I've said you know what I don't want to play anymore I don't want to be in this situation and, and that what happens to the other team, they, they take the rope and they fall over or the, whatever happens. But the game's over. 
you know, they might mm-hmm. not fall over, but, you know, the game's over. And and someone said, yeah, but they're left holding the rope. They get the rope. And I said, but what good is a rope when you're playing tug of war and no one's on the other end of it? You yeah. know, so you get to hold, you're holding the rope. But then it's like, uh, and I said, and I don't want the rope. I don't want the rope. So for me, it's about letting go, just surrendering yeah. and going, my decision and what works for me in this best way for me and myself is to say, I surrender. I let go. And that's a big, it was a really big lesson for me. And it's only one that I've just really, I, and I, I, if I say I've nailed it, it's, I'm probably going to get, you know, another, another <laughs> go round on it. So I'm not going to go that far, and, yeah. um, but I am going to say that, that I really have been practicing that. I've really been putting um, attention onto the intention of surrendering and letting go and letting just just being a much more flexible um, and less 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 controlling and less aware of controlling the outcome I guess is probably what was mm-hmm. always important for me was just learning to and it was that learning to trust thing that it will be okay and so will I yeah, um, yeah and I that was I big, think, big. Thank, thank you for sharing that because I think you know, learning to trust, I mean, is an ongoing process. Yeah. And yeah. And, and you, said, you said it before really well when you said it's not out there, but, but it's both. It's out there, but it's predominantly in here, you know, and it's mm-hmm. an internal thing. Like, you know, I always say happiness is an inside job, and I mean that, but so is contentment so is joy so is so is so much of life it really is that inside job and but we we don't live alone and and we are we have to interact with people and we have to we have to build skills that enable us to have good relationships with people and sometimes mm-hmm. that means um you know that we have to trust other people too like those jokers with the ropes I mean honestly I would never I'd still be at the top of that river if I had trusted yeah. them um and I'm not joking. And I would have, it would have been a hell of a climb out of there and I may not have survived. Um, but if, if I hadn't thought this is, this is an exercise, you know what you're here for and you know why you put yourself in this position to be challenged in this way. And it's about trusting yourself as well that A, you've made a good decision mm. and B, that you have, you have the right to choose at any moment what um, what you're not prepared to go through with. Like, I didn't want to do the eight-meter jump, so I didn't do the eight-meter jump. I said, no, I'm going to do the five-meter. And, and that was my choice. And I don't feel bad about that. I just mm-hmm. feel that was my trust in myself. And I stepped forward and said, yeah, I'm cool with, with you fellas, you know, doing whatever you like. But this, for me, feels right. And so that was a, that was a trust as well. And, and and I didn't feel as I was judging myself. Um, I felt it was the right thing to do mm. in that moment. And, and, yeah. I, and I trusted myself enough to know that this was my choice, not someone else making that choice for me, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I think yeah. that's the thing, finding, um, finding strength in your power. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah finding that strength in your power, but not only that, I think we quite often give away our power without even yeah. realizing we've actually like done a disservice to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So 
I, I really agree with that, yeah. And and I think too that um, sometimes I do this exercise at the beginning of a year. It doesn't really matter when because to me, you know, every day is a new beginning, if you like. Mm-hmm. But um, I sit down and I say to myself, okay, if I had five words this year that I wanted to think about doing or think about being or whatever, um, write them down. So I write them down and they might be, I don't know, like maybe five, maybe 10. There's no set rules here. But, but then I say, oh, okay, this, you know, so I look at the five and I'll go, oh, hang on, there's really a lot of crossover there between that word and that word. So if I join those two together, what would be a combined, you know, what would be one word that might work with those two? And then I, I do it again until I refine it down to one word and only one word. And last year's word was empowerment. Ooh, and it, love it. And I haven't done it this year yet, but I will do it in time. But last year, I realized that everything I wanted to aim and move my life towards was about empowerment and it was about empowerment of self empowerment of others empowerment of the people I meet of the people I want to you know work with or what I write for or all that kind of stuff was about empowerment so that became my and it was only my word it was just my core little word that I remembered that year was about your year is about empowerment how are you going to manifest your own empowerment so yeah I love that. that's true that's what I did. Yeah. I do that every year. So my word last yeah. year was joy. And literally, yeah. it was how I navigated everything. If I show yeah. up and do that, is that going to bring me joy? Or is it going to feel yeah. like a job? You know, because yeah. I'm a yes girl. I say yes to everything and then realize, actually, well, I should have said a no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just what you said just then is that, you know, that's why I think it's probably so valid for you is the concept of, how often am I giving away my power? Because I say yes. That's exactly right. And so my word this year is balance, which nice. I, is, is finding balance and in, in yeah. balance and harmony in my life. And it's also um, moving more into my expanded self. So I don't know what she looks like yet, but it's interesting feeling her vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So you, I guess you'd have to look at balance, harmony, and what was it? Moving forward into your expanded self. Expanded self. I think you've got to get just one word out of all those. Yeah, we're going to do some more work. <laughs> got to do some like fine tuning on that one. Well, so we'll go of- harmony. Harmony is kind of uh, it's different to joy. So um, yeah. Oh, that'll be so exciting. I want to know what you choose, Lily. Oh, yeah, i got to do some work around that. That's why I'm picked on to do my work, to do my own work. Hey, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. when you were writing your book, what's the greatest yes. lesson or the greatest wisdom that you can offer to others that are listening to this going, you know what, These, this woman's got her shit together. And <laughs> this woman's got her shit together. I and always. I don't even know. I don't well, neither do I, but, you know. And I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't even know where to start. It's someone that's like very much caught up in, I want to say the matrix, the energy that's at, you know, like, the like you know, what's going on out there. Being a mom, you know, doing this, doing that. Do you know, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of going, I don't even know where to fucking start. start. 
Well, well, okay. So the little, a tiny bit of the history of why I wrote the book was I was um, lecturing and I decided that um, I wanted to to leave that um, you know that that job, if you like. And I really wanted to look at a job as being a joy of being. Now I did love aspects of lecturing. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know I looked at job as just over broke or joy of being and I thought I want it's really um, what was really important to me and I'd come through really strongly when I did my master's and was about authenticity knowing yourself happiness you know living a life you love and doing uh, and it seemed to be that the all the people I interviewed they loved their work and so I thought oh, I really like that as a as a triangle you know knowing yourself, work, doing work you love and or, or just work that works for you and living a life you love. And I thought, this is what I want to do. So if I'm to do that, then I, I can't, I've got to have all the aspects of what I really love in my life. Like I love freedom. I love to work hard. I, there's no question about that. I'm not, it doesn't, it's not difficult for me to apply myself, but it, I really love freedom. I love that I don't have to be somewhere at, if I want to work at midnight until three o'clock in the morning, I can do that. Mm. I don't have to turn up at nine o'clock in the morning and be there till 12. And that's just me. And it works better for me having freedom. And so I, um, I decided that what I would do then was um, I'd do speaking engagements and um, take courses. And so I thought, okay, because I'm a teacher, you know, that's, that's what I've always been as, as like, um, and that's what I love to do is to work with people in that way. And so I thought, oh, well, what I need then is a platform to talk from. So I've got to gather everything that I've come towards knowing thus far, explore it and write it and I will make I'll write a book and then I'll publish that book and that will be the platform from which I speak right and and that was you know that was going to be so easy I'm going to nail it in six months and have it all published and I'll be out the gate well when I started I then realized that there was far more to this kind of thing than I thought and um mm. And I started to really get engaged in the process and I fell in love with it. I wrote most of my book up here in Waikawa. I came up to mum and dad's place. They weren't here. And and I just, um, you know, I, I just settled in and hunkered down. And and all those, everything that I realised was, sometimes I read the book and I think, I, wow, I don't even know how I came up with that, but I really like that. that I must do that because, you know, I looked at a page here, it says, change takes courage effort and it takes intention and I thought oh I, that's actually really true I really believe that but so when I look at things like that but anyway the getting back to your question was so I, I came up with this concept of I'm going to write this book and then I started to think about hmm I started to write little chapters I wanted to be I wanted to be able to dip in and out of the book I didn't want you to have to start at the beginning and go right through but I wanted it to have a, a flow that if that's how you operate you could I needed it to be able to be a book that went around corners that had my right my own hand writing through it and suddenly I realized there were layers and layers and layers of what I needed to put into this book of who I am so in starting to process all those layers I learned heaps about myself mm. and then I started to embed my art through the books and each, each artwork thank you each artwork that I chose 
absolutely related to what I'd written about because I paint intuitively. And, and when I paint, I don't always know why I'm painting, but after I've painted, I always know why. And I know what it was that I painted, but it's, it's in retrospection and on reflection as opposed to during the process. And so all those things, I just learned so much about myself when I was writing the book. And then I, you know, when I published it, I knew I wanted a mirror on the front cover and and I knew that I didn't want anyone to be able to get cut from the side of the mirror. And I didn't want you to look in the mirror and not see a true reflection. You know how sometimes mm. you look in a mirror and you look like you're at the fun show and you're either really, really fat or really, really thin or, you know, yeah. and so I, it had to be, it had to be super thin material. It had to be able to be embedded within the cover so that it it didn't sit flush so that you wouldn't hurt your fingers if you ran it across you know all that kind of stuff and um I, I just I, you had to be able to write on the pages um because that's something I'd learned to that it was okay to write in books and for years I'd never written in books and and now I highlight them and, and then I thought so I wanted it to be able to feel nice so I, I learned all the stuff about myself which was far bigger than oh, I'm just going to write a book to use as a platform and then the book became the energy in itself but right back to your original question of what I think it was what was your main you know what what really did you take away from it was the mirror and that mirror on the front cover is so symbolic because out when you look in a mirror you see yourself mm. but when you're in yourself you see your mirror out here, but you don't realize that there is that reflection um, back to you because you can't see it all the time. You can only see it when you look in something that shines it back to you. But if you're aware of that everyone is shining you back, you know, like, I, I don't know if you if you can, um, do you know what I mean when I say totally, that? Like, totally know what I you mean. Well, that for me is the, that's the thing that was, I guess, I guess my biggest, it was, it was all about learning to look in the mirror and learning to look at my world as my mirror. And I'm not, I'm not saying when I say that, um, that I'm responsible for everything. I don't believe that I'm responsible, but I'm responsible for a lot of stuff, but I'm not in charge of how other people behave. Yeah. I am in charge of how I respond to them. And that's how I look at my part of the mirror and that. And how I think if I didn't like something that I did, then I will question myself in that way. But, um, yeah. Does that answer your question? In a very roundabout way. No, but I love it because um, <laughs> I think that's what we forget to look, to actually see ourselves. You know, to see ourselves and now and you know to see the depth looking in the mirror to actually see the depth of ourselves to see who we really are I think yeah. many of us have you know you know for a period of time I was not seeing me I was co-creating what others needed from me yep and when I had to have a serious conversation with myself in a mirror which actually that's how my conversation started was actually me looking at the mirror going, who is this woman? She's just completely lost herself. And yeah. so for me, what you say completely and utterly reson resonates with me. And I think that's the thing. Women, we, you know, it's that 
speaking from as a mum, as a teacher, as a business owner, as you know, all the things that we have to do in in everyday life, I think we actually forget to see ourselves, our inner selves. So I totally get, and I think we don't, we get so caught up in life and in the do that we, we, we forget to stop for the pauses and actually connect and remember and and own those parts that we've lost on the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that makes total, total sense. Yeah. And you know, it's like, um, I guess something that just came through my mind then was that if I, I remember I was doing these classes a while ago and one of the exercises that I get people to do is to consider who they are and words to describe them. And I, I did this when I had my 50th birthday. I made everyone a name tag and um, it was a magnet. And so, and I had them, it was about the size of an office, you know, like a name, like a name tag you get when you go to an office party or something. And I put the name of the person in the, you would have seen that in the book. I wrote about it, I'm sure. And, and the name of the person in the center and then all around the outside were words that I think of to describe that person and what they mean to me. And I, I do that as an exercise with people and I get them to do their own. And then I get them to go and introduce themselves to someone else in the room. And, um, and the, the other person's role is they they stop and they listen and and you know like if it was me I'd say well hello hello and my name is Gina and I'm a mum and I'm all you know I'm an illuminator and I'm an educator and I'm an artist and I'm an author and I'm a lover of life and I'm a um, you know an independent woman and I'm this and you know all the things that I think I am and then um, at the end that person comes back and says um Thank you for introducing yourself. It's it's um, a joy to meet you. That's all, right? Well, it's one of the things that I find so empowering about that is people just so often don't own who they are at their core essence of of, in a, of divinity, I want to say, you mm-hmm. know, all they, they they are. It's easy for them to say, "I'm a mother," "I'm a sister," "I'm a," you know. And I always say, "Look, you've got at least five words to put down on that page before you even start, because if you're a woman, you're a woman. If you're a mum, you're a mum. If you're a daughter, you're a daughter. You're all going to be a daughter, and if you're a woman, you know." And and so I go through and I say, "So that's an easy start, and then put your job down. Easy start, and then start to look a little deeper." and deeper and let's just keep going down and you're in charge and there is not one negative word allowed on that piece of paper I don't want to know if you think that you're you know fat or anything else I don't care that's not today's exercise the one what we're, that we're doing today is all about learning to find words that describe who you are and how you can start to imagine a life of seeing yourself and loving it and then I say to them okay so now you've introduced yourself to someone else and it was lovely you know you did it in a public public way your job now is every single day you go home and put that on your bathroom mirror and every day when you get up you go good morning Gina and or say good morning hello my name is Gina and I am a don't say me because you know hello I'm Gina or Lily but you know what I mean as I go through them all and then at the end and say it's a joy you know thank you I love you it's a joy Mm. to meet you or something which validates and just uh, layers in that concept that you are more than 
what you tend to just think you are. You know, we're far deeper and, and often we don't allow ourselves to have that um, layer of love, mm. I guess. Deeper conversation. To ourselves. And saying it in a mirror, man, I think that's empowering. Well, that was one of the things that I learned. I learned that in the mirror too, Lily. Yeah, I learned that looking in the mirror and learning to say, you got this. Yeah. I love it, you. And I'm like, you're okay. Those, those learning to say things like that to the mirror without crying. Mm-hmm. Because when I first started to do it, I just looked at it and I thought, oh my God, really? And then I would cry. Yeah, and it touched my heart so much that I could learn that. That you know, yeah, that's that's actually, um, yeah, that was that was big. Yeah, and that, yeah. And I've not shared that with anyone out loud before. Well, thank you for sharing it because for me, <laughs> and just witnessing you, you, and just yeah, just witnessing you because when you spoke, that was me. That was me when I yeah. first started doing my mirror work. I was in my first marriage, and it was not a pretty space or place to be. And I remember standing there talking to myself, looking in the mirror, ready to take my mask off, what felt like my mask. And I was putting my lipstick on and I was like, I'm just painting on a smile here. And I remember, you know, talking to myself with the, in the mirror and just crying, just going, what am I doing? Like that was part. And then every morning I made, that became like my ritual to try and get myself in a different headspace, in a space where then I could find confidence to leave or find, you know, inner strength to move or find, take that brave action. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah. So I totally get it, sister. Totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally yeah. get it. And look, it's about honouring who you are and, and they're all steps that you're taking and they are baby steps. And in the beginning, you know, look, even nowadays, sometimes I'll say something to myself in the mirror and I'll, I'll cry and I'll go, oh, that is such a beautiful release of, of whatever was stuck there, that emotion. It's really, you know, and I allow it now. I, let, I just say to myself, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And, and, you know, and, and I think, I don't know, but, I was, I would really, I, I have been doing a little bit of work lately with my inner child and, and I've noticed that um, I, I like, um, I go to her when, when I feel like I'm, I need to be comforted. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a real element of, an, of my inner child that just wants to be cuddled, just wants to be held and just wants to be told, Darling, it's okay. We've got this. Mm. You know, I'm the grown-up version. I'll get you through this. But I don't know what it is. And I don't know enough about inner child to even really cognitize what that might mean. But but I have been doing a bit of work with that lately and just going, I think there's some real healing here that needs to happen at a at a very deep core level that just is is to do with self-love again. Mm-hmm. That just says, Come here, come just just come here. Yeah. And it's okay yeah yeah I think and you know when you emotion that's the same with me if I feel like I need to cry I'll just cry I think when we start to block our emotions when we start to block block that vessel because we are the vessel we are the temple it sometimes it just needs to flow sometimes we just need to release sometimes we just need to walk down to the end of the street and scream or 
you know, last year for me, it was jumping on my bike and going for a bike ride and stopping and dancing in the middle of bloody um, Ashley Gorge. Like I was like, cause I just needed to release what was inside of me that needed rather than keep pushing down and putting a bandaid on it, I actually needed to get it like out of me, allow it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so important what we just said about pushing it down and putting a Band-Aid on it. You know, um, I think that whole awareness thing is if you weren't aware that there was there was a, um, a bit of, uh, you know, a, a dissension inside of yourself and, and knowing that you can actually get that out, um, you probably wouldn't have gone there. No, totally. you, know, you might have started to think that you were unwell or and and maybe you might have ended up being unwell or whatever mm -hmm. I don't know but I think sometimes it is it all awareness is the key you know it's just such a big game changer it is uh, you get aware of, of who you are and where you're at and look I don't always get it right you know I'm, I'm the first to say that I'm not perfect um but I do like to make a you know take responsibility but also make considerations for where I'm at and what I'm and who I am and mm -hmm. and just go oh, yeah got it I believe that when you're in the dark shadow of the night in that like space it's the place that you have the biggest breakthroughs yeah and that's what people are that's what majority of people are scared to go to when you go and do your inner child work, when you go into becoming to that vulnerable place, when you show up in emotions, you show up in your Mickey untogether version of you, like the one, the yeah. version that no one else sees, but you know, you show up, that's when people, you know, that's, that's when you can have the most amazing breakthroughs of healing yourself and getting to know yourself at a deeper level. But I think we're so conditioned not to go there. Mm. yeah yeah I, I tend to agree with you on that one and I think that um a big part of that take well, just what you're saying then is that word conditioning and it's also that we're judged you know so often we're judged when um you know if you fall apart or whatever and and um not just fall apart but you do we, we put I put I know myself I put bandages on to hold it all together and to avoid, it's it's even a judgment of myself. I don't want to look at where I, what I know I would have to do if I took the bandages off, or it's and, it, and it, it's not until I'm ready to reach that place that says, okay, that's enough. Enough is enough is enough. You know, it's like I've hit that gap now, and I guess that's your dark place where you then go, I'm I'm out of here, or you know, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to leave this this dark place and move find what's next and yeah. find a, a lighter brighter space that actually feels better for me rather than sticking another bandage on and just putting a brave face on like you said and and um going out there but I, I think too it's that it's the con judging was a biggie for me to get past is that I felt I had to do do things in a certain way or um you know I was told, you know, you couldn't be, and I couldn't be really true to who I was. And mm -hmm. I think that's where, you know, oh, you're over the top, or are oh, you this, or are oh, you that? And it was like, I don't really know that I need to be a 
perfect person. Mm. I just have to be the best version of myself. Perfectly imperfect or imperfectly perfect. I'm not sure which way that goes around. Totally. Does yeah. That, yeah. So I love that. I love that. I totally love that. So through we so three questions that I ask every guest. What do you do for a sacred practice for self? Gratitude. Every night I write a page in my in a journal that um, that I write what I'm grateful for that day. Every day, just one page, and it, it you know I don't know what I write about, but I write about just that I, I always give thanks, and I give thanks to myself and my higher self, and then I go to sleep. And then in the morning, when I wake up, the first thing I do is I have a, always have a glass of water by my bed and I drink the water and I get my journal and I read out loud what I wrote the, day, the night before. That's, my, that's what I do for my sacred practice at the moment for myself. So, yeah. Oh, love it. Love it, love so it. So I end the day, end the day with gratitude and I start the day with gratitude. And I like that. So that's what I do. And I'm religious about it. Hang on. I love that. Next question. What would you tell your five what would you what would your five-year-old self tell your future self if she could offer advice? Don't lose your cosmic twinkle. <gasps> Keep twinkling. Oh! Don't let anyone take you, don't let anyone take that twinkle away from you. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Oh, I love that. There's so much deliciousness in that. I've got goosebumps with that one. Um, and that might have been my message for the day. And what is one thing right now that you could change in the collective? Uh, love and light. Um, yeah, just being, just just being love and light everywhere. Whatever I do, coming from a place of love and compassion and and shining light. That's what I would do, yeah. Because it's like that whole mirror thing. You know, what I give out, someone will pick up. If someone's ready for it, they'll pick it up. And if I can give them a bit of love and light, well, awesome. Happy to share, you know, so that, that's what I would do. I love that. I love that. Now, Gina, how do people find you? If How do people connect with you? How do they find you, gorgeous? Um. I've got my website, www.ginahaines.com. That's the easiest way. Um, because I think, yeah, that, that's the easiest way, ginahaines.com. Awesome. My business, called, my business is called The Art of Living Happy. But um, I, I think ginahaines.com is just such an easier, straightforward path. I'll share it in the links too. So I'm going to leave the final words to you. I believe you have the choice to make a difference in your life when you know you can make choices that enables the quality of your life. You invite love into your life and into your expression. You judge yourself by your intention and then your behavior reflects that intention. And as I wrote earlier, I'll write it again. We need to be ready to look at ourselves with love. We need to have courage to do this. This work 
is in the inner world and the outer world reflects the inside. Know what you stand for and why. Have the courage to be true to you. The biggest betrayal you have in life is to, is to yourself. When you choose an act to no longer betray yourself or your integrity, you are working for your best intention. Life is not about you. It is you. Keep knowing who you are and, and how that affects what you do is important every day as you live and be you. Thank you, Gina. It's been an awesome. Oh, Lily. Hey, that was our you. whole talk. That was our whole talk wrapped up in a paragraph. I know. Awesome, eh? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. No, and and um, yeah, it's so true though. I really believe that is that is my truth. And um, and you read that beautifully. Thank you so Thank much, you. Gina.